Hi, everyone, and welcome to Happy Hour at Bland. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Ashley. <laughs> we are back and excited to bring you our first F-word Yay! episode. Woo-hoo! Yes. And, oh, we're so excited about this. Yeah. So if you listen to our first episode, you'll remember that we're occasionally going to talk about the F-word on this podcast. And that F-word is... Fraud. Fraud. Thank God it's not my last name. (laughs) I didn't think about that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Ashley, are you excited for this episode? I'm so excited. Fraud is obviously a very sad and frustrating thing for everyone to experience, but I think our listeners will appreciate the stories, information, and advice our guest shares with us today. Yeah. It's the stories are always very interesting and it's not an area that you would associate with accounting. It's not black and white like some might think when you think of accounting, fraud is psychology and it's just an area that people probably when they're in college thinking about their degree, they don't they don't realize that their path might encounter fraud. So So keeping up with our New Year's resolution, Kaylee, do you have a positive quote for us today? Yes, I do. I do. And this this quote is actually a nod to our guest today. Uh Uh-oh. So, um, and it's not just one quote. It's actually two. I couldn't pick. I couldn't pick. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Uh, So our guest played college basketball. And so my quote is from the legendary John Wooden. My quotes. So the first one. Just try to be the best you can be. Never cease trying to be the best you can be. That's in your power. And the second one, make each day your masterpiece. Well, those are good. John Wooden is just the man. He's just got so many cool philosophies about being a team member and working hard. And so I thought both of those quotes were good. I do. I agree with those. Okay. Well, today we're joined by Justin Frauendorfer. Yes. Hi, Hi Justin. Hi. Very good. So behind your name, we have CPA, <laughs> CFE, CVA. Are there any extras we need to add? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Okay. That's all of them. Okay, good. Well, Justin is a partner at Bland and an expert in several areas. Yeah. So Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you go to college? How long have you worked at Bland? Sure. Yeah. So again, my name is Justin Fraundorfer. I grew up on a farm eight miles west of Madison, Nebraska, and that was not for me. I knew immediately that I wanted to get out of there. I did. Peace out. I just, yes, yes. <laughs> Being small town, life wasn't for me, and I Did you go up on a farm? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. Did you have did. cattle or anything? So I, my, a lot of my summer jobs was working with hogs and oh. doing I, lots of things to them, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, oh okay, this is just a weird question. Um, in my younger days, my aunt and uncle have a farm, and they had pigs for a little bit, and they had those little prong things. Oh, what are you guys talking about? We'll, we'll stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> I didn't know if I had dreamt that or if that was real life, but it must be oh, real. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But then um, after high school, I went to college at Doan, which is was called Doan College at the time, but now it's changed to Doan University in Crete, Nebraska. And was going there, didn't know what I wanted to do for my major, some buddies of mine were taking accounting, and they're like, oh, it's just too hard. It's just too hard. So I was like, oh, let me, let me try this out. <laughs> so I tried it out, and I was like, yeah, it is. It's, it's challenging. It kept my interest, and so that's what kind of led me to it. And admittedly, you know, they kind of doubted me a little bit, so that kind of fueled me Motivation. a little bit. Sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know yes. what? I can do this. Competitive can do spirit. This. <laughs> Absolutely. like it. <laughs> so I graduated in 2005, and then... At that time, you know, I kind of wanted to be in Lincoln. That's where kind of a lot of my friends were going. But a uh, job opportunity at Bland came up, 
and obviously that's in Omaha. So then it's like, you know what, let me try this out. I'll, I'll accept and go there. Mm-hmm. No one initially, I told my parents, I was like, I see myself being in public accounting for two years and then probably leaving mm-hmm. and going somewhere private. But, but lo and behold, here I am. Uh, yeah. yeah, partner. 14 years later. <laughs> right. awesome. Can't get rid of me. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that's just a, a little bit of my story and yeah, about right. it. And, you know, public accounting, what I found about it is there's just so many different things you can do and mm-hmm. avenues. And hence some of my certifications that I went out and got um, just because there was so much st- stuff mm-hmm. to do. Accounting to me kind of seemed a little bit after a while. Can I say this boring? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna say stale or something. No, no. <laughs> you know, doing that, it's fine and it was good, mm-hmm. but then there was just so many other things. Right. So that's yeah. a little bit about me. No, I cool. like it. Yeah. Okay. And, oh, let me just say, okay. and, and that I think that's the incredible thing about Bland too, is our firm really um I can't think of the right word. Our firm just has so many different paths, even within one accounting firm, that someone can do with their career. And so I just think that's really neat. It's just even within one company, there's so many different paths. Yes. Right. Okay. Here's what we do with all of our guests. So we ask, we ask all of our guests a <laughs> question from conversationstartersworld.com just to help get to know them a little that's bit better. Fun. Yep. Okay. So it's not like a loaded question. So it's pretty <laughs> easy. What's your ideal weekend? <clears throat> oh my gosh. That's changed so much as it oh. evolved. <laughs> my bet. ideal weekend is carving out some time for myself mm-hmm. just to it's do important. whatever I mm-hmm. want to do. Yep. Um, I love my kids and mm-hmm. my family and mm-hmm. being around them, but for I sure. also need some yes. isolation I time. Yeah. You do. Yes. Yeah. Moms, siblings, I think everyone needs a little bit of alone time. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And so it's not necessarily doing anything, but just Does that finding some time golf? for myself. Oh, absolutely. Anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Golf, anything, going to the gym. For um, sure. And... I'll admit this too. I sometimes go to movies by myself. Okay. I've done that once. I'm brave. Yeah, Yeah. I've done that once. Someone made fun of me too. And I'm like, it's it's literally like relaxing yet. Sure. I don't know. It's just peace and quiet. That sounds nice. (laughs) Okay. Well, I guess we can get started. We have a few questions for you, but we also want you to tell us some stories. Oh, sure. Okay. All right. So should we start with the questions? Yeah, we can. And I guess we should talk a little bit about Justin's background. So Justin does work in a couple of our niche areas. So the first being not-for-profit, the second being forensic, and then also um, valuation and some of the things that go along with that. And so Justin, what prompted you to start working specifically in the forensic area? Yeah. So I started doing that pretty early in my career. I think I probably took the test and got certified in 2009. And that was me just trying to separate myself, trying to create a new niche area that at that time Bland really wasn't doing. And so it was really more of a thing for me and wanting to create an opportunity for myself and then also mm-hmm. for the firm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like Bland's really good at that. If you kind of see something and you want to go after it, um, oh, yeah. they're kind of like, you get okay, their go support. Ahead. Yeah. And yep. So why don't, Justin, do you have just a story offhand that you could tell us? Oh, I do. Whether it be recent or... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be vague, but okay. there, there are a couple memorable ones that kind of stand out uh, when I was thinking about all the different cases I've worked on. Um, a couple of, you know, I won't say favorites. It, anytime right. fraud's involved, it's, it's not good. But mm-hmm. the more memorable ones for sure would be this person <laughs> yeah. who is younger, <clears throat> like to date older people. 
and fairly older people to where maybe they were widowed or had some tragic life event happened and they would kind of befriend them, maybe be involved romantically as, as well and then take advantage of them. Mm. Writing checks to themselves, asking for birthday presents. And it was, it was very sad. Bad. All yeah. these, all these uh, cases that I work on, they're so emotional. Ashley oh. came and sat in with one of them. They get to be so emotional and you're involved and you, you need to kind of separate your emotion for that when you're doing mm-hmm. the work because you mm-hmm. want to be objective. But that one I'll definitely remember um, for a long time was just that. It's like, wow. Kind of, you know, it makes you think about your yeah. grandparents, oh, yeah. and, you know, and just kind of brings it home oh. for you. And like, oh boy, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is one that I won't forget. I worked at a bank and same thing would happen with the elders is um, some, it, even their kids do it to them sometimes. And mm-hmm. the elders don't know that that's happening to them, them stealing money from them and, or any other. Yeah. 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 No, we see it on the long-term care side too when these residents come in and they think they have these resources available to them to pay their Mm -hmm. living costs at a nursing home and then all of a sudden their son or daughter has disappeared and written all of a million checks over to themselves and these nursing homes are trying to pursue collections and it's just a mess and it's so sad because these residents are so vulnerable i mean that's the thing with elder abuse is these people are so vulnerable and then get taken advantage of. And to Justin's point, I'm sure it's hard. It's good that you're a strong person. If I, if I was in this area, I'd probably just be like sobbing oh. in every meeting. Like, oh, yes. I'm so sorry this happened to you. Well, I didn't really know what it was coming into Bland. Um, and then I was sat and I asked to sit on that meeting. And some people were like, you probably shouldn't sit in on these. And I did sit on it. And I, I did. I'm glad I did because I didn't realize exactly what forensic counting was or what it all consisted of or what it entailed for these People, it's mm-hmm. just, it's heart-wrenching. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Can I share one more? Yes, please okay. do. Here's, one, here's another time. one that I, that I really liked um, being a part of. This was not here. It was far away and not part of the continental United States, and I'll leave it at that. Um, but somehow they got my name through a network of folks, oh. called me up to, to help them out, and they owned a business, and they were kind of silent partners and they let a husband and wife kind of do the day-to-day, everything of it. And things just weren't looking right. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, hey, can you take a look at this? Here's all the bank statements. We're like, we're not we're not doing anything yet. We just want you to kind of take an initial look and see what you see. So they sent me over all the bank statements for, I want to say, five years and sent me over all the QuickBooks account. And when I was looking at it, I came back to them with some initial results. I was like, who is, and it was some weird different uh, store names and I Googled it and looked it up mm-hmm. and I kind of knew mm-hmm. what it was. I mm-hmm. wanted them to tell me here. There was thousands of dollars spent at a jewelry store. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> You're like, who is you know? Tiffany's? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I oh mean, and then looking more and more into it, they would take, they took $40,000 week vacations oh. to Hawaii. Can you imagine how fun that would have been? Yeah, you just know, like, take it all. oh my take, gosh, what can I do? Take all my money, right? And it oh. and this amounted to over a million dollars in a short amount of time. Wow, you know, and I was like, wow, this this escalated quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's how did you not notice sooner? Right, yeah. right. I feel like that's stuff that only happens on the movies. Like, it, right, but it's here happening here, like right mm-hmm. where we are in your own backyard. Yeah. <laughs> so, how many forensic cases a year do you usually work on, or do they take multiple years to even solve or work on? Yeah, some of them do uh, span over a, a year. Most of them, they move pretty quick. I would say, on average, seven to ten a year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as I've done more of them, it seems more and more opportunities have come my way mm-hmm. for sure. that. I'll get a lot of phone calls throughout ones that don't even take. Mm-hmm. My initial step with them when I get those phone calls is kind of referring them to an attorney because I'll hear some just Ugh. crazy stories where like, okay, let's start here first. Then if, if you need accounting, if they need me, bring mm-hmm. me in. Right. Um, but some Otherwise of the stories, me out for now. <laughs> it's, it's just like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> some of them you just kind of laugh and you're like, are you being serious? Oh. Right. Are, are the, like, are the police ever involved in these or? Yeah. So there's been a couple where, um, it was all well planned out where we had the police involved because, uh, termination had to happen. Um, and so mm. this was all rehearsed beforehand to make sure everyone was going to be safe, you know, because mm. they were going into this workplace. And like I said, wanted to make sure everyone was properly protected and the, the police were involved with, you know, removing this employee. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to do anything, but they just wanted to make sure that everything went smoothly in case something bad were to happen. There was right. support there. So you're in the front line, like you're not just hidden behind. Like, oh. Well, they don't put me in the oh, front yeah. line. Justin's in the front seat of the cop car with the bulletproof vest Waiting. on. Hi guys. Yeah. Exactly. I'm hanging out in there. Oh my no, goodness. They don't even invite me along. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, what would you say are some best practices for preventing the fraud for businesses or people? Yes. So initially, when you when you get these calls from these people, I would say there's probably some themes that I hear and. It kind of goes with, well, I trusted this person, right? So Don't one trust being, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if you go through this, you, uh. you probably kind of do that. But trust is a big thing, um, especially there's oftentimes family involved, involved where they'll say, I'm going to trust you to kind of look out for my best interest. I want you to have a job at uh-huh. this company mm-hmm. that I work at, and I want you to be in charge of the accounting. Here's the checkbook, all that stuff. And it sounds good, you know. And like, yes, I'm, I'm helping out so-and-so, they're doing this for me, but they've just given them the opportunity to have the keys to the car, do mm-hmm. whatever they want. Um, and so that's that's the thing that needs to be done is putting in, and I don't want to get technical in here, mm-hmm. but it's internal controls, putting in controls, safeguards, so that mm-hmm. one person doesn't have all the power to take advantage of you. Right. And then as a business owner, you know, something that we always talk about when I work with nonprofits, because nonprofits often try to do a lot with a little, right? Mm-hmm. They want to put as much money towards the program that they can, and they don't have these huge staff uh, available to separate these duties, so the power is separated. And what they, what, what, what I always want to tell them is, okay, you don't want to put Ashley in a position where someone could point the finger and say, "I think she's stealing." You want to protect her by saying, "You know what?" I'm going to have Ashley do certain duties, but then I'm going to also have someone else involved who's going to be checking. Dual control. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Just so that you're protecting your employees and you're also protecting yourself at that sure. same time too. It's good practice. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any signs or warning indicators, red flags that people should be on the lookout for in terms of potential fraud? Mm-hmm. Most of the ones that we or that I hear about, it, they'll say, you know, something seemed off. I would ask for a report and it would take them weeks to get it to me. Or so-and-so hasn't uh, been keeping up with the bank reconciliations. Mm-hmm. Um, I ask for bank statements. I don't get to see the bank statements. And 
That's definitely a red flag. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeping keeping things from you mm-hmm. is is definitely a sign. Making or if you're asking for something and it's taken a long time, that may be a, an indicator. Mm-hmm. Other ones being. You know, a lot of these people, they just have a gut feel that something's, mm-hmm. th- something's off. Other things that people always talk about, and I found to be true, is this person has never taken a vacation. Why are they always here? Why mm-hmm. are they always controlling sure. everything? Why aren't oh. they letting so-and-so help out? They're overwhelmed. Why can't we? I want them to have uh, delegate some of this work to someone else, but they, they just refuse mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. And so yeah, there's a reason for it. That makes sense. That's interesting. What about if I just show up with my new BMW? <laughs> you guys know that. Oh my I didn't God. get a raise or anything, but I just <laughs> have oh. the latest model. <laughs> money, 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 money. Yep. <laughs> uh, so let's say clients come to you. Will you help guide the clients the whole way through, like the attorneys, etc.? Yeah. So a lot of times that will, that's how it will happen. These people will reach out and they'll think we need a forensic accounting. Sometimes they don't, but some I'll get the initial call a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And then I'll try and put them in contact with people that they need to kind of support them. One being initially, we need to get an attorney involved before mm-hmm. I move forward to make sure that we're doing everything properly. And so that's usually the first step I'll recommend. It's like, do you have an attorney? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. If not, here's one that you should call. We want the attorney to kind of quarterback this whole mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. be the lead i will support them throughout this whole investigation but th- that's usually our first step is saying okay let's let's stop here mm-hmm. let's get the attorney involved make sure you have one hired and then let's start to, to develop a plan on how to attack this and then you work as a team then step forward going forward yes it'll be a, a team approach throughout um often many 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 meetings throughout <laughs> oh, along the way yeah. keeping everyone up to date because this is something that's very personal mm-hmm. it's oftentimes embarrassing for them and it turns to anger and they want to know what happened so keeping them up to date throughout sure. is something that's very key especially because like i said it is emotional and it kind of helps move them along and usually throughout the process i'll see people's um, demeanor, attitude kind of change more positive as we're getting closer oh, to the end. Because yeah. they're getting answers to things mm-hmm. like, how did this happen? Yeah, some resolution. Uh, yes, yes. For these meetings, are they ever like in the middle of the night, in the middle of the morning, like <laughs> not during business hours? <laughs> I watch too many crime shows and podcasts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like Mo- it. Oh. Most of them do happen during busy But away from their place, hours. probably, so that no yeah. one notices what's going on. Sure. Oh, yeah. It's like top right. secret. Yep. Mm-hmm. A lot of phone calls um, typically throughout the, the process, but most of them are during working hours. So you don't have to wear wigs or sunglasses or hats <laughs> or hoodies. <laughs> That's funny you say that because I'll get phone calls where they'll say, you know, can you go look up so-and-so's bank account? I need to know how much money they have in oh. this I'm like, I, oh I'm, not the, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not the FBI. I don't have those powers. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's where that's one of those ones where I get the call. And I'm like, okay, I'll have you talk to an attorney yeah. first. And yeah, then yeah. If I need back. to be involved. Yeah. Oh. So nice. since, you, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, so we know you work a lot with nonprofits too. Do you see much carryover between what you do on the forensic side with your work with nonprofits? So the carryover in relationship there that actually... I never even thought about when when going into these different niches that I find very helpful is that protection, those mm-hmm. safeguards to put in place, like I said before, doing a lot with a little uh, resources mm-hmm. as far as manpower. 
And that's where I found it be very helpful to help guide them and say, okay, yep, I know we have so-and-so here and we can't afford so someone else, but if we can just separate these two, mm-hmm. two things to kind of protect yourself and, like I said before, protect that employee, mm-hmm. that'd be fantastic. And so that's the relationship that I kind of found. And They go hand in hand. Yeah. They yeah, do. They, I, yeah. They, they fit very well. And they'd also fit probably with uh, any business for that matter, but especially with the nonprofits, I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justin Seema has come out with just some great recommendations that we pass along to all of our clients in terms of when there's only one or two people involved in all these key processes, who else can we get involved? Can we get the executive director involved? Can we get a board member involved? You know, to Justin's point, when we only have a few people, limited resources, how, how else can we split this up? Uh, that might be kind of thinking out of the box, but again, it just adds that layer of protection. Cool. Well, I think that's all we have for Justin today. So Justin, thank you so much for the time and, and coming out and recording with us. This has been super interesting and insightful. And I think our listeners will feel more prepared just hearing some of the stories and some of the advice that Justin shared today. Yeah. Hey, you're welcome. Thank yes. you. I had a blast. I definitely Good. agree. Thank you for tuning in to the episode. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please visit our website at www.blandcpa.com and leave us a note. If you could also rate and review the podcast on whichever app you use to access the podcast, we truly appreciate it. Yep. Thank you again, everyone that tuned in today. As you know, we hope to empower our listeners and make you feel more confident when it comes to accounting related matters. And as you heard Justin talk today, our firm is well-versed in a lot of different areas, but specifically if you, if you have concerns about fraud within your organization or strengthening your accounting and the processes that are there to protect your business, we can absolutely come in and provide some insight into areas that might be deficient or might uh, be susceptible. So, so with that, be informed, be inspired, and be awesome. Bye, Bye guys. A Parkville Media Production.